0: Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. It is a new year. How many of you are glad that 2018 is behind you? Oh, yeah. you ever had a year repeat itself? I've had several. That's happened to me. But it's good to have a new year, isn't it? It's good to start fresh, and I'm sure some of you are thinking about what are you going to do with this new year. And so I was thinking at the beginning of this year, why don't we talk about where everything you do and everything you say begins. Right here in your noggin. Right here in your head. And that's what I want to do here in the next several weeks is look at some passages that talk about what happens in our head. That everything starts in your head. You ever Anybody ever say, it's all in your head? It's all in your head, Tim. It's usually not a compliment. Am I right? It's usually kind of a correction. Like, Tim, that's all in your head. You're making it up. The thing is, though, is that there's so many things that are, that do start in our head, and so I want to spend the, the next few weeks here in 2019, the first few weeks, looking at the beginning of everything by looking at the source, our, our skull, our brain, our mind. Now, why should I examine? If you got your notes, you want to pull them out. Why should I examine my thoughts? Well, let me give you three reasons. Number one, my thoughts control my life. They really do. What I do, or what I think, eventually comes out in what I do. Look what it says in Proverbs 4 here. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. He's saying everything in your life starts in your head. In other words, and think about this, whatever gets your mind gets you. See, I'm 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 I am who I am based on what goes in my head, and so these childhood memories or these childhood experiences that we have that shape our thinking about our phobias are are shaped by those things. I'm, uh, you know, okay, I'll, I'm not crazy about dogs. All right, now uh, those dogs are nice. Uh, for most people when I see a barking dog and I've knocked a lot of doors in Alton and have been bitten by dogs and it's terrifying for me because when I was four years old I was bit by the dog across the street so I have this fear it goes through my mind dogs don't like me I own a dog my dog doesn't like me but it doesn't matter I, I believe that see but we have these things that happen to us early in life or happen maybe later in life and, and it begins to shape and determine what we're going to do Every worry, every phobia, every guilt, every resentment, any any bitterness that we have, these thoughts that we have, they're coming from this head of ours and it's controlling how we approach things in our lives. Number two, another reason is my mind is a battleground. This is a real big eye-opener for me. You know, I think I'm sorry I can't help it. I'm thinking of anger management. The anger sharks are swimming in my head. You remember that line? You know, I don't know if you ever had that happen, but there's this battle that's going on inside your head, and it's kind of driving you crazy. Romans seven, Paul talks about this battle. Look what he says here: "With my whole heart, I agree that the with the law of God, but in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my mind." And it makes me a prisoner of sin that controls everything I do. You ever felt like that? That tension inside the head? You're, you're, what do I do? I don't know what to do. You know, sometimes I feel like I feel like my mind has a mind of its own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, why do I think that? Why do I conclude that? What's going on here? There's a battle going on. Is what's going on? There's a battle going on between me and the world, or me and my past or me and my God there's this battle of thoughts because whoever wins this battle you see whoever wins this battle controls it all notice again look at that Romans 7 he says it makes me a prisoner Paul is not winning this battle that's in his head that is in his life so that old self, Satan himself, the world all of these are fighting against the thoughts I'm supposed to have, the thinking I'm supposed to have, I, I couldn't help but I was uh during the Lord's Supper and I agree with Mike, you know, um it bothers me some, but you know, I still like white trees. Okay, if the lights go out, that's okay. But I couldn't help but think of passage God just put on my heart like that. and I went, Oh gosh, why did I think of that verse, Lord? Well, that's why I'm giving you the thought, Tim. In second Timothy one seven it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You check it. A sound mind. He is the source of a sound mind. So He's wanting to help us think a certain way. He's wanting me to think a certain way. And um, the problem is, is that there's all these other things that are battling against these thoughts that God wants me to have. This old self, like I said, our old nature, the way we are. And Satan himself will do that. And the world is also competing, giving us values and thoughts, wants us to think of these things instead of what God wants us to think about. You know, I love it when Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? He's basically saying, who will rescue me from this train wreck that's about to happen, this battle that I'm losing? He says, thanks be to God. It's Jesus. He'll save me. He'll help me get through this. He'll help me be victorious through this. I don't have to be a prisoner of those thoughts anymore so that my mind's a battleground so my thoughts control my life my mind's a battleground and the third thing is my mind is my greatest asset yeah I should look at my thoughts because what goes on up here really can't be good it, it, it's my mind your mind is your greatest asset look at Romans 8 here to focus our minds on the human nature leads to death but to focus our minds on the spirit leads to life and peace is that awesome? I mean, what is he saying there? He's saying that my mind, your mind, is the key to your happiness and the key to your peace. That you really, you and I, have a choice. We can choose. I always thought, you know, God, changed my mind. Just change it. Oh! Waiting for the Holy Spirit to come down, you know, and change my mind. And God's look, I made you with a brain, Tim, and I made you a choice. You change it. You have a stake in this. You have a choice in this. You do something too. I can't, I'm can't. i not going to do everything for you. No, I want you to do some things that will change your mind. I've learned from this. I learned from this idea that uh, my mind is my greatest asset and from this passage in Romans 8 that I have more control with what I think than I think I do. And you have more control over your mind than you think you do. Nobody's holding a gun to your head and making you think something. No, you choose, I choose our thoughts. And if that's true, which I believe it to be, then I can manage my mind. I can have this sound mind that God wants to give me, but I have to make some choices. Now, I'm introducing this sermon series uh, with this in mind, this idea of these are the choices I hope you'll make during this sermon series, all right? First, that you—by you, the way—that you will examine your thoughts. You will take a stock in it and go, you know, how am I doing with that? What kind of thinking drives me? What do I think about the most? What, am I, what, what kind of thoughts do I have, and why do I have them? But let's look at these choices. These three choices that I think can help you and I manage our mind. Number one, choice number one. The first choice I make is I'm going to feed my mind. I'm going to feed my mind. What are you saying, Tim? In other words, I'm making a decision that I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to make a decision that what I put in my brain, I'm responsible for. And I'm going to feed my mind the best thoughts I can find. See, isn't that what a disciple is? When you stop and think about it, what is a disciple? It means a pupil, a student, and they keep learning. See, I know a lot of folks have quit learning after they got their diploma. I listened to people, and I, I felt the same way at their age as well. Oh, good! I don't have to go to school anymore. Are you kidding? Life doesn't work that way. You're always having to learn things. That's why YouTube is so, so popular. Listen, if you don't keep learning, you're toast. I think the Bible says something about, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Well, he wasn't just meaning people in grade school or high school or in college. He meant their whole life. No, you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep feeding your mind. I've learned this over the years, and I've experienced some of this myself, that Christians that stop learning are stuck. You ever feel stuck? You quit learning. You're either stuck, prideful, stubborn. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Easily discouraged. When you're not learning, and you're not growing, you're not feeding your mind, you're going to be easily discouraged, you'll be wishy-washy, and most of all, you'll have weak convictions. And what is a conviction? It's a belief that I'm willing to die for. See, a lot of us are content with just believing something. God wants us to have deep convictions. And that comes from feeding my mind. Look at this proverb here. Wise men and women are always learning, always listening, always listening, for fresh insights, as an old person, you ever want to know you need to learn more? Hang around some campus students. Now they need to learn more, of course. But I've learned how much I don't know by just being around campus students sometimes, because they come up with the craziest stuff. I go, "Where'd you get that?" And they'll go, well, "Let's Google it, Tim. Read read the article from the New York Times yourself. I didn't know that. That's amazing." You know, read know, read, read Wall Street Journal. Look what it has to say about it. I'm not saying college students know everything, and they're not going to say that either. But folks, I'm learning something. And that is that if I really want to have the best thoughts, a, a sound mind, a healthy mental health, real mental health, I have to feed my mind constantly. I'm always learning. Jesus said these words. I love the way the message says it. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Now, I think that's true. And then think about this. Just like there is uh, good food and junk food and toxic food for the body, there is good food, junk food, and toxic food for the mind. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I I heard somebody say junk food's not really bad, it's not really good. It's just, you know, there. It fills you up, it gives you some <laughs> sweets or whatever. It's nice, but it's you can't live on it. But we know I mean somebody says there's poison in the food, we're not going to eat it, push it away, right? We get that. And, and I know some of us here—we're on diets and stuff, and 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 uh, we're we're changing the way we eat. And I think that's wonderful. But I have I have to admit, some I'm noticing something. And I, I what I notice is that I'm surprised how many people uh, I see that are focused on their physical food, making sure they're getting the best nutrition, but don't give a second thought about their brain. They don't give a second thought about what's getting in their head. That they're, that they're going by the, the mental McDonald's. I don't know how many times you ever, anybody sit around, you're sitting around eating and somebody's on a good diet. And they go, you know, that stuff will kill you. You shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you. And what do we do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But how often do we ever sit around and call somebody out and say, that's a bad idea that you have in your head. Or we shouldn't be. I mean, can I ask you something? Do you really think about what's coming in your head? I mean, we got so many ways information is coming at me. I, I, you ever get overwhelmed by it? It just seems like it's coming from all over the place. Media, our cell phones now we can't escape it. Look at it says in Proverbs fifteen uh, fourteen here: A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. He's not talking about physical food here. He's talking about mental food. I mean, what have you been feeding your mind lately? You know, I I um, pick up my daily Bible. I took a break off of my daily Bible. And I decided to pick it up January 1st. And my daily Bible's a mess. It's It's just all gnarly. And I open it up and I start reading Genesis. And I'm going, oh, this is so nice. Just to open up the Word of God, let God talk. What, do, and I, and my buzzer, my phone wakes me up at 5.45 and the first thing I grab, instead of my cell phone, is my daily Bible. And I open it up, and oh, I just think this is wonderful to start the day with some great thoughts of God. How do you feed your mind? You see, I've learned something. I'm learning something about myself. How I feel has a lot to do with what I'm eating. How I'm feeling about things has a lot to do with what I'm eating, what my brain is eating, what I'm preparing my brain and serving my brain, my head. And if I want to be like Jesus, if I want to have the mind of Christ, you know, uh, Paul I think said somewhere in Corinthians, we have the mind of Christ. Wouldn't that be nice to think like Jesus all the time? I'd love to have the mind. I want the mind of Christ. Well, to have it, I have to make some serious choices that guard my head against the garbage that life offers. Look at this passage here in Psalms 103. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes, I heard someone say this this week. Would you invite a couple to come in and do a lewd act in your home? I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Of course not. And then he says, if you said no, then why do you allow it to happen on your flat screen? If you wouldn't bring it in, You say, hey, I'll invite you over to dinner. I'd like you to do something, you know, kinky. Huh? You would never think of that. But yet, when I'm all alone, and I think I'm all alone, and my flat screen has got something kinky on it, I think it's harmless. See, that's where my thinking and God's thinking is totally different. Then I wonder why I get bothered with things, or I'm drugged down by something... And, and I can say, I, it's important, it's important that I feed my mind properly. And for that to happen, I must crave, listen, I must crave the mental food that's good for my mind. First Peter 2, here's a passage we've known for years. It says here, like newborn babies hungry for milk, you should want the pure teaching. Look at that. Listen, church, it says pure teaching. It's pure spiritual. Just a simple, pure teaching. Does a guy have to be fancy and creative up here to get your attention? Is that what it's going to take? Got to, yeah, you would think. Oh, let's have a clip. Let's have a skit. Let's have a joke, Tim. Now, by the way, I'm all in favor of skits and jokes and clips. I love all that stuff, okay? I mean, you know, there's times I get wound up. You go, gosh, Tim, you could open up in Vegas. Well, thanks. I've missed my calling, I guess. But I'm just asking, you know, what are we really after? Are we after the pure teaching? I just want to know what the Bible is saying. That's all I'm after. Man, if that's all you're after, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find the greatest, best thoughts that God could offer. He says, you should want the pure teaching that feeds your spirit. With it, you grow up. And be saved. You'll grow and be saved by it. It's that important. You need this. So my first choice is, as I I decide I'm gonna feed my mind, I'm not gonna feed it on junk and feed it on toxic stuff and on trash. I'm gonna feed it on the pure good teachings of Christ. Number two, choice number two. I choose to free my mind. <laughs> now that sounds, I don't know why, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And when you talked about freeing your mind, it was like, you know, I think today's equivalent is 420. I mean, you want to, you know, free your mind a little, you know, so um what does that mean? Be, You know, free your mind. Ah, you're free, free, free bird, you know. What I'm meaning by that is the opposite is a mind that's bound or it seems like it's holding us hostage. Have you ever had trouble making up your mind about stuff? I mean, and it happens more than once. Have you ever had trouble making listen to this. Have you ever had trouble making your mind mind? It it's like it's got a mind of its own. It's all over the place. It's driving you crazy. You ever thought you so you ever said like, what was I thinking? What was in the world? Why did I do that? What was I thinking? That is ridiculous. I mean, if you do a word search, do a word search, the word mind in the Bible, and when it's comparing the mind of people, these are the adjectives that describe the mind here. Confused mind, closed mind, corrupt mind, deceived mind, sinful mind, troubled mind, warped mind I mean you say I don't have a warped mind have you ever been praying and this crazy thought comes across your path that's so awful you're like I'm praying for crying out loud what's that all about I hope nobody else saw that hope nobody else thought that why is that why, why, what's wrong with me why does my brain operate this way what is wrong? Now, let me tell you, everything is wrong, folks. Because your brain and my brain's broken. It's corrupt. It's deceitful. And I've got to realize that I have something in common with those that are mentally ill. I'm not talking about schizophrenic or bipolarism, although there may be some po- bipolar schizophrenic moments, you know, you might feel. I am telling you, all of us here suffer from some form of mental illness because our brains are broke. We live in a broken world and in that world we feed on this broken ideals and broken ideas and we listen to broken concepts and our head is filled with broken thoughts, filled with thoughts that lead to more brokenness. Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The human mind is more deceitful than anything else. It is incurably bad. Who can understand it? Wow, Jeremiah, what are you trying to say? Your brain's broke, Tim. My brain's broke. Everybody's brain is broke. Listen, I can't believe everything I think. Well, I thought it. It must be true. That doesn't make it true. I can't trust everything I think. I can't believe what others think because their brains are broke too. I have to be careful. And see, if I do, if I believe every thought I have and I believe what other people think of me, it is going to make me a prisoner in all kinds of situations, not a victor. So what do I do? I free my mind. I free my mind. Earlier I mentioned that my brain or your brain is a battleground. Here's another passage that uses battle terms. Look at all the battle terms here in 2 Corinthians 10. Look what the Apostle Paul says. What he believes is his part, his responsibility in changing the way he thinks For even though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war in the way the sinful flesh does. Certainly the weapons of our warfare are not those of the flesh. First of all, he's saying, the weapons we're using, you can't use a rifle or a pistol or a grenade or a knife. This is not a physical war. This is a mental war. So he says, certainly the weapons of our warfare are not those of the flesh, but weapons made powerful by God, and look at this, for tearing down strongholds. We tear down thoughts, such as as all arrogance that rises up against the knowledge of God. And we make every thought captive, so that it is obedient to Christ. What's he talking about here? He's talking about a mental struggle. Struggle the heart, struggle the mind. Not a physical one. He's talking about something that happens in our head. And, he, and look, at, look at all these terms. He talks about waging war, weapons, warfare, more about weapons, power, tearing down strongholds. I think of strongholds like a fortress. You ever been to some of those old forts? You take the tour. It's a stronghold. But this stronghold he's talking about is not the stronghold like a, like you see with, that's built like with fortification and cannons and stuff. No, this is a stronghold in the head. This is a thought that's got a, and by the way, another word for stronghold is a grip. It's got such a strong grip on me, I can't do anything else. I can't move forward. It's got me by the throat, not just by the foot, but by the throat. I feel like I have no choice anymore. See, I started thinking that way. And he says, we're tearing them down. We're tearing down those thoughts. And notice he's used that term captive. And we take them captive. What's he mean? I I was looking at the term. It means that we make them give up. I was watching McGregor and some other guy fight. It was an old fight a couple of years ago. And McGregor gets his clock cleaned by this guy. And I, you know, I thought, good, you know. And, and I mean, he, got, he grabs him and got him. And it's like he, he said he was going to change. Here's what the fighter said before he fought McGregor. I'm going to change his face. And the interviewer said, I never heard anything so horrifying in my life. Like it's worse than saying I'm going to kill the guy. I'm going to change his face. This guy had a punch like a cement block. And he takes McGregor. McGregor's tapping out and he won't stop. He just keeps holding him. He's tapping out and the ref comes in trying to break won't break up. They won't break up. Finally he gets apart and he's taunting him. And then he jumps over the the octagon wall and jumps into the trainers of McGregor and starts pounding on them. McGregor's over there in the corner going, You know, I thought when I read this passage, all I could think of was, that's how I need to tackle these thoughts that I have that are ungodly. I can't give them any room to wiggle. And by the way, tearing them down as if they're gone. Jim Shripp and I one time were driving through St. Louis, and we're driving along and goes, here's where Sportsman's Park used to be. My dad went to Sportsman's Park when he was a young boy to watch the Cardinals play. And I'm like, where? Right here. Where? Right there, Tim. There's nothing there. There's no Sportsman's Park anymore. When they tore it down, they left no trace of it. That's how tough you got to get with these thoughts, folks. And I don't have the power, neither do you. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus has the power. To handle that thought, that angry thought that you have, that bitter thought that you keep holding on to, that, that worrying, anxious thought that keeps haunting you every time you're about to take a step forward on faith, that skeptical thought, that discouraging thought. I know every one of those just like you. I know every one of those thoughts. And I'm so challenged, I want to start my year by tackling some of these thoughts that have crept in. Maybe in the last few years, something's happened, and now you've got this thought. It dominates you. You know, I've I've learned something. I don't just think, I have a hard time thinking straight when I'm overwhelmed with many thoughts. But I've learned sometimes, all it takes is one thought, and I am dead in the water. And I've had several of those, just one thought, and I don't seem to be able to do anything. I'm paralyzed by that thought. Paul says, we take the weapons of warfare that God provides and we tear it down. Where there's there's no trace of it anymore. We grind it up in dust. And see how does that where does that take place? How where, where does? how can I how can I begin that process? And this is what I it's it come to me. It comes to me when I tap out and surrender to the Lord and go, you know, Lord, I'm just gonna tap out here. This thought I don't I can't handle all on my own. I need your help here, I need your power here. So I'm gonna surrender my mind to you. That's not a cultic phrase, folks. That's not being cultic when you say, Lord, I'll, I'll give you my mind. Look at the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. I always have, always emphasize the last part of that. You can't trust yourself when I should be lo- loyalizing, but I can trust the Lord. I can love Him. How how do I trust Him? I love Him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and all my strength. Next week we're talking about truth. Truth. You know, Jesus said to His disciples, to His students who are always learning, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's something. So he's he's so and I think of what what is what is the purpose of truth? I'm gonna look at every verse. I'm looking right now at every verse the word truth is in in the Bible. See what I can learn. What does truth do in my life? What can it do in in yours? And so I, I have to first feed my mind. I need to free my mind. You and I have a part in freeing ourselves. Okay? God has His part, and He expects me to do my part. And the third choice I make is I choose to focus my mind. You ever noticed how random your brain thinks? One second you're thinking one thing, another second you're thinking another. It's kind of like Doug in the movie Up, the dog, has that little voice thing. goes, my master is very smart. My master made this color so I could talk to you. Whoa! My master's very good. It's not just dogs that have this problem. I have this problem. You know, James talks about being double minded. What's that mean? A man with two brains? You got two brains? No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about a guy going back and forth. He's mentally weaving all over the road. Have you ever heard anybody say, hey man, you're, you're all over the road on this. Or you've jumped tracks. <laughs> what is he trying to say? Well, or have you ever had this happen, you're in a conversation this happens to me a lot. I'm in a conversation with somebody and somebody says, Wait a minute, are we talking about something else? Huh? I notice I'm in a lot of those those a lot that's said in a lot of my conversations, then it dawned on me. I'm in every one of those conversations. And I do shift gears and jump tracks. You ever find it really hard to focus? Just to focus? Have some clarity? Look at Proverbs 17. The person with understanding is always looking for wisdom, but the mind of a fool wanders everywhere. Ooh. So you're saying when I'm all over the road, I'm a fool? Yeah. That's what, that's what Proverbs says. But a person of understanding, a person of discernment, a wise person, they've learned what? To keep wisdom They're always looking for wisdom, God's wisdom. Proverbs 4, look at this one. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And what I notice from these two passages is simply, I do have a role in managing my thoughts. I can discipline my thoughts. Several years ago, I was talking to, to Mark Landon about this, uh, our New Year's Eve dinner at China Walk. Oh, that was a hoot. And so we're all sitting around, and I was talking about how years ago, it was over um, almost 15 years ago, not quite, um, I'd wake up, I had a lot of new responsibilities a lot of stuff going on here at church a lot of stuff going on at work and i notice when i get too much on my mind i can't think and i get out of bed and it's just here it, it's like the it's like everything that i was thinking about before i went to bed i'm surprised i even got to sleep you know what i'm talking about you have all this stuff happening and you finally go doze off and it's like they go hey what worry come here what he's asleep are you sure fear yeah he's asleep well we might as well take a break <laughs> so they go over to the corner of the bedroom you know smoke them if you got them you know, i guess i mean they're kind of taking it easy waiting mm-hmm. oh he's restless oh no he's just turning over and finally the, the buzzer goes off and, and they're like the paparazzi or the press hey and here they come and I as soon as i'd wake up i'd go okay and all of a sudden whoa there's all that stuff again (laughs) and just thoughts concerns things I got to do plans I got to make I got to make sure I get this got to get that and I'm like this is driving me crazy well one morning I woke up with five seconds of clarity I woke I kid you not I woke up and I went huh and what I was expecting wasn't happening yet and I go What's this? And then it comes. All the noise, all the concerns, driving me bananas. And I thought to myself, man, I'd love to have that five seconds again. I'd like to experience that again. I wonder if I could experience that tomorrow morning. And I woke up going, it was just so good. It was just so good to wake up without a bunch of stuff on my brain. Five seconds, that's all I want to try to do it again. So I wake up the next morning and I'm going, okay, ah, 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 ah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, six seconds. Oh, look out. What happened there? I just stretched it into six. It's been, like I say, so many years ago. I can tell you that most of the time, most of the time, I get about between 30 minutes to an hour of clarity in the morning now. And I don't know if it has something to do with opening up my Bible. I kinda like to think it does. I remember an old, old preacher one time says, keep your Bible right by your bed, Tim. Not to, as decoration, but pick it up. Just start pick it. Marvin Phillips said, pick it up, Tim. Read it. Richard Rogers one time said that to me. Same thing. Oh, these guys have something in common. They've been talking to one another. No. And what I'm saying is that you can discipline your mind. But you you know what it took? Focus. It took focusing on something else besides all the crazies going on around me. I remember coming across this passage while I was reading the Daily Bible. It says here in Psalms 104-34, May all my thoughts be pleasing to Him, for I rejoice in the Lord. I'm not saying, could I have a full day where I didn't have something come into my head. I don't know if that's possible. I'm not confident yet. But I wasn't confident I could even get five minutes of clarity. Because my mind is working right now. I'm having to say, no, don't say that. Move on. It just likes to keep going. But I can tell you this. I've been praying that prayer. Especially that word, all. I want all my thoughts, Lord, to be pleasing to you. And that demands looking at my thoughts, examining those thoughts and going, that doesn't need to be there anymore. You don't need to think like that anymore. I've got to take care of everything. That's a big thought I had for years. I'm got to. T- I, I'm the main guy. i got to get it. And a, and, and, the, and, the, and a new thought came to my mind, the hard way, but it came, Tim, you need to let others help you. You need to let Gary and Alan help you. You need to let Mike help you. You need to let your son help you. You let your wife help you. But they're going to do it differently. Yeah. Oh, here's another thought to think about. We're all parts of the body. And each part does its work. And some do this and some do that. So guess what? (gasps) People are going to do it differently. There you go. (laughs) Hang on that thought for a while. You're going to have to, okay? I'm just saying is that that, uh, I prayed that and I said, God, can you help me with this? And why does God want to help me with this? Why would God want to help you and I with our thoughts? And Mike touched on it at the Lord's Supper. He doesn't want you to feel guilt. He doesn't want you to feel shame. He doesn't want you to, by the way, he doesn't want, there's some other thoughts he doesn't want you to have. Anxious hearts and, and anger, angry thoughts and, and bitter thoughts and insecure thoughts and most of all selfish thoughts. He wants your head, he wants my head full of his thoughts. And they're the best, see? Every thought of God is the best. And I've learned that when I focus my mind and I concentrate on the best thoughts that are available to me, and that's the Lord's, it brings out the best in me. Whenever I start thinking about something else, the best in me doesn't come out. Now here's a passage we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks. I'm not sure what, what, we're, what, how it's going to go, but we're going to do this because at the beginning of the year, I think it all starts with the beginning of everything we do. The resolutions we make, the promises we make, the, the ideas that we're going to have for this year. It all comes down to what's going on in my head. It's all in my head. Look what it says here. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding beyond what you think, beyond what I think, exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. I never noticed minds. Minds. Safe in Christ Jesus. Sounds like secure, doesn't it? From now on, brothers and sisters, from now on, at the beginning of this year, from now on, I hope we can do this. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, excellent. You've seen that commercial? The guy's doing a tattoo? Are you good at it? Uh, What does that mean? Well, I'm going to do it. No, what does that mean? The the restaurant with the fish? Is the fish good here? Yeah, I guess. Well, you guess. I guess it isn't good enough. No, I I hope is not good enough. Listen, if anything is excellent, I've got to figure out what's excellent. If anything is admirable, that's another word for admirable. Is good. If, if uh, it says, "Focus your thoughts on these things," all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure. I don't know about you. I'm just motivated reading this. I want these. Th- I want what all that is lovely. What does that mean? Oh, I just want to have lovely thoughts. Whatever's lovely. And all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you've learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. I know there's three things there in that passage. He talks about prayer, and he talks about practicing, and in between he talks about all that pondering. Most of the passage is devoted to thinking. Isn't that nice? I get excited about it because I'm going. I can think. I'm not like they say. I'm smart. I can do stuff. You know. I can think. You can think, and the world doesn't have to beat you up anymore. You can change that thought. Whatever. What's your dominant thought that you're bringing? You didn't leave in 2018. You brought it into 2019 already. It's still enough distance. You can kick it back into last year. You want to just say, I'm not going to think that way anymore. I want to think differently this year. You know, I I want to encourage you, whatever it is that's holding you down, holding you back, discouraging you, God wants to change that. He wants to change that thought into something better. Because it is all in your head, folks. It's all in my head all this time. That's where the problem lies. That's where the answer lies. And when I bring Christ into my mind, into my heart, that's when things really begin to change. You have a card in your bulletin. And, um, you know, I, I read last week's prayer request. Some of you are going through some stuff, man. My heart goes out to you. I want you to think about what's the dominant thought. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to write it on that card. This is the thought I want to change. Maybe it's, I don't want to think I can't anymore. I want to think I can or maybe it's, I, I don't want to think anymore about, you know, what I don't want to do. I want to start thinking about what I do want to do. One of the thoughts that went through my mind as I was looking at this was concentrating on not doing something just encourages you to do it more. You need to replace it with a thought of something else to do. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to think? I've got a person in my life and my thoughts I think of them so much that it jades everything else that's going on around me. I want to deal with that this year. What's the thought? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Write it down and let people pray over that. Get that specific. Let God change the way you think. And you'll find His pleasing, perfect will. We're going to give you some moments to do that. We're going to sing a song after I pray and then we'll take up those cards and a regular contribution and you'll be on your way. So God bless you as you look at and examine what you're thinking and may God bless you with the best thoughts He offers. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this morning, Lord. Very uh, thought-provoking. I don't mean to be silly there, Father, but a very thought-provoking lesson. Father, I just think about all the thoughts that control my life right now that have had control of my life, but control me now. They shape my approach to whatever happens. They're a rut in my brain. They've cut a deep groove in my brain. It's a pattern. And Father, I've had it for so long. Can I ever break it? Will you help me break it? Will you help us break them? Help us tear them down? Destroy them? Would you give us the power? Father, I pray for somebody here. They may have ten thoughts that are just beating them up. Help them tackle one of them just to show how powerful you are and destroy that thought. Give them the secret on how to defeat the other nine. Father, I think about my mind is such a battleground. I can think one thing one minute, one thing another, and it shoots all over the place. It darts around jumping tracks. I lose my mind sometimes, Father. I wish it would mind. Father, we wish our minds would mind us too. Would you help us, Father? You want to give us a sound mind. Would you help us find that sound mind? Give us mental health. Give us mental health. Because, Father, we know that our brain, our mind, is our greatest asset. And when we focus on you, impossible things are possible. Would you help us that, Father? Help us believe this, cherish this, carry this as we begin a new year together. Help us feed our mind. Some of us here have quit learning. Help us stop that and start learning again. Father, some of us here, Father, we're bound by our thoughts and we may not even realize that, Father, free our minds. Help us free our minds. And Father, help us focus. Help us fix Your wisdom in front of us and not get sidetracked by the nonsense the world offers or sin creates or our imagination can concoct. We love You so much, Lord. Would You help us today, help us this year? We pray in Christ's name. Amen.